Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Subi Church. Welcome to our Easter services. If you were here with us yesterday for Good Friday, you would have heard of Jesus's painful journey to the cross. You would have heard of what he had to endure so that we can be in relationship with God today. So once again, we invite you into the Christmas story. Today, we look into Jesus's resurrection from the dead and what that means for all of us. We'll see that his death is part of a bigger picture. And the picture is this.
up in the story after Jesus' painful death on the cross. He was placed in a tomb cut out of a rock with another big rock rolled in front of the entrance. Jesus had been in the tomb for three days. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, says this, After the Shabbat, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. On the first Good Friday, the world was sinning. Satan was grinning. It looked as though evil was winning. But that was Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, money was exchanging. Judas was betraying. The soldiers were arresting. But it was only Friday. They didn't know that Sunday was coming. On Friday, the disciples were fleeing. Peter was denying. The rooster was crowing. But that was Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, the Jewish leaders were scheming. Their plan was hatching. Jesus' trial, they were fixing. But that was Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, the chief priests were spitting. The soldiers were mocking. The crown of thorns was skewering. But that was Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, the crowd was overpowering. Pilate's hands were washing. Barabbas was cheering. But it was only Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, Jesus' body was giving a flogging. His blood was flowing. The soldiers were impaling. But that was Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, the Father was forsaking. The Son was atoning. The Spirit was grieving. But it was only Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, Jesus was no longer breathing. His mother was weeping. Jesus' opponents were celebrating. But that was Friday. Sunday was coming. On Friday, the sun stopped shining. The darkness was enveloping. The earth was quaking. The rocks were splitting. Creation was protesting. The curtain was tearing. The thief was repenting. The centurion was believing. Sunday was coming. Then came Sunday. The angel was descending. The earth was shaking. The guards fell down, quaking. It was Sunday. The stone was rolling. The tomb was opening. The grave clothes were shedding. It was Sunday. Jesus was rising. The women were rejoicing. The devil was fuming. It was Sunday. The leaders were still conspiring. The priests were bribing. The guards were compromising. It was Sunday. Jesus was appearing. The disciples were worshipping. The kingdom was launching. Today is Sunday. Christ is ruling. The Spirit is transforming. The church is growing. It's Sunday. Subi Church is worshipping. In the Lord we are delighting in his love we are resting it is sunday jesus will be returning the living and the dead he will be judging the God, the uh, believing and the unbelievers will be he will be separating 
It's Sunday. Heaven is approaching. Eternity is never ending. God's glory will be blinding. The faithful are waiting. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We're at the scene of the empty tomb. Jesus had resurrected. The book of John, chapter 20, reads, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have, yet not, I have not yet ascended to the Father, but instead go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Jesus is risen. There are certain events in our world that when it happened, we instinctively know that the world will never be the same again. For those of us who remember September the 11th, when we watched the news, we knew that day would never be the same. The world would never be the same. It is the same with the pandemic. We instinctively knew the world would never be the same after that. There's some news in our world that we know will have far-reaching consequences. Jesus is risen. One of the first appearances of Jesus after his resurrection was to a woman named Mary. Mary has been a follower of Jesus, and she was there when he was crucified. He was buried in a tomb, and she went to the tomb to look for Jesus. And she was outside the tomb crying, heartbroken, because this Jesus that she has been following, he never received a proper burial after his crucifixion. But at the tomb, she realized the body of Jesus was not there. It's not in the tomb anymore. He, she thought somebody had taken the body away. But Jesus was standing right next to her. And he said one word, Mary. Instantly, she knew it was Jesus. She turned around and she cried out, Teacher! She cried out in joy because well, her Lord, who was dead, is now alive. And she was the first witness to the greatest piece of news in all of history. Jesus is risen. And then Jesus goes on to say something to Mary that on first reading feels and sounds very normal. He says, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Did you notice that? Did you notice the difference there? For the very first time in John's account of the gospel, Jesus refers to his disciples as my brothers. And then he talks about my father and your father, my God and your God. This is the very first time that there is this personal touch when we are talking about God. Because before this, there never was a personal relationship. Even though his disciples have followed him for three years at this point, throughout John's gospel account, Jesus never refers to them as my brothers. He never refers to God as their God. Because throughout John's gospel, he recognizes and he knows human beings 
we are in darkness. We stand condemned before God. We didn't have a relationship with Him. It was a broken relationship. We didn't know what it means to be a part of the family of God. But here, after His resurrection, Jesus says to Mary, Go to my brothers. I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Indicating a big change in our relationship to God. This is the very first time we read of this personal relationship. Jesus is no longer just their Lord. He's also their brother. God is no longer someone who's far off, standing over against us in judgment. No, no, this God has brought us into His family. We are no longer exiles, no longer outcasts. We are now part of the family of God. Jesus is risen. And after His resurrection, we, He can call all those who believe in Him, His brothers, His sisters. We are now part of the family of God. We have been brought into the family through His resurrection. That's why He can say, I'm going to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. And if you believe in Christ, God is your God. And Jesus' Father is your Father. We've been brought from outside in. Being adopted into the family of God, we have a relationship with God. Not just any relationship, but a familial relationship, a family relationship with our Father in heaven. Jesus is risen. And that means that we're no longer spiritual orphans, no longer wandering around in this world destitute and lonely. We're no longer having to go and live our life here on, in this world uncared for, unloved. Because we know we have a God who loves us and is our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. When we believe in Christ, we are adopted into the family of God. Jesus is our brother. God is our Father. We can look to God and we can say, My God, my Father. And that is earth-shattering news. News that changed everything for all of eternity. Jesus is risen. Please stand with us. Let's sing. Worthy is the Lamb. 
witness to the resurrected King Jesus. Further on in the book of John chapter 20 it says, Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. 
and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What is true blessing in life? What would you consider to be a blessed life? In many ways, those of us who live here in Perth, we can consider us to be immensely blessed by God. We have a great city with great weather, with great beaches, great people, great food. Is that a blessed life? In our passage, we come to another appearance of Jesus to one of his disciples after his resurrection. And this section has traditionally been called Doubting Thomas because it is about a disciple of Jesus who doubted about Jesus' resurrection. Thomas was not with, his other, with these other disciples when Jesus appeared to them. Even when these disciples, when they came to him and said, We have seen the Lord. Thomas was still skeptical. He said, well, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger where the nails were, put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, Jesus appeared to his disciples again. And this time, Thomas was there. And Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas did that and he immediately worships and acknowledges Jesus saying, My Lord and my God. Jesus is risen. And upon seeing the marks of Jesus' hands and Jesus' eyes, he immediately knows. Thomas immediately recognized and realized the significance of Jesus' resurrection. He recognizes Jesus as his Lord, as his God. He is my God and my Lord. He knows Jesus being raised from the dead has tremendous meaning, tremendous significance. And remember that it's been one week since his disciples told him that, that news that Jesus is alive. At that point, he did not believe it then. And in some sense, that's very understandable. I mean, who, how could someone believe such an audacious claim that someone was raised from the dead? He's not that gullible. He needed something more than mere assertion. And so when Jesus came to him and asked him to touch him on his hands and his side, Thomas immediately knew the significance of it. And he cries out, my Lord and my God. When he was confronted with Christ, all his doubts went away and he worshipped Jesus. Jesus is risen. And then Jesus says this, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet have believed. And this verse has unfortunately been misread and misinterpreted. Sometimes it is read as Jesus is rebuking Thomas that he needed more convincing about his resurrection. The idea is, you know, Thomas should have just believed right then and there. That's not what Jesus is saying. Because in, this pas in the passage before this, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, and so I am sending you. He's sending his disciples to do what? To tell people about the resurrection of Jesus. 
Just as how the Father has sent him, just as how he has come here on earth and tell people about himself and about God, now he says, sends his disciples out to tell people about Jesus' resurrection. He is risen. And from that day forward, from that time forward, everyone who believes in Jesus, they must do so without physically seeing Jesus. It must be based upon the reliable testimonies of these disciples. Testimonies that we find in the Scriptures. Testimonies that we have been reading this evening. Testimonies about the disciples meeting Jesus after His resurrection. That He is risen from the dead. He is no longer in the tomb. And since then, no one has seen Jesus in the flesh and touched Him. But yet, since that time, there's been countless Christians throughout the centuries who have believed in Jesus Christ. And those of us who have trusted and believed in Jesus through the Scriptures, through the work of the Spirit in our lives, we are blessed. This passage is talking about us. It's talking about those who have not yet seen Jesus, but yet have believed. It's talking about people to whom the disciples have been witnessing to up to today. Jesus calls those who believe in Him blessed. We are blessed by God. Blessed because of Jesus' resurrection. Blessed because now we have a relationship with God. We can call Him our Father. Blessed because we have been adopted into His family. Blessed because we have peace with God. Blessed because we have life eternal, life everlasting with God. We are blessed because we can be with Jesus forever. That's a blessed life. A life that knows who God is, that knows who Jesus is. And that is the greatest blessing anyone can have. Because Jesus is risen. He is risen. stand. Let's sing another song together.
the book of Luke, chapter 24, says this about Jesus as he physically appears to his disciples for the last time. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Jesus' resurrection has two big implications for our lives. Implication number one. With Jesus, birth, life, death is not the full story. It is birth, life, death, life. One day your heart will stop beating, your lungs will stop breathing, you will pass through the door called physical death, but if you are in Christ, you will not die. One day you're going to be buried or you're going to be burned, but you're not going to be fertilizer. If you are in Christ, you will live. The length of your living will not be diminished by your dying if you are in Christ. If you put your trust in Christ, when this mortal... Uh, Reality falls away with all its weakness and its, its frailty and its sin. You will be with God in glory in the arms of Jesus, secure in his love for all eternity. If you are in Christ, birth, life, death is not the full story. It is birth, life, death, life. Big, big implication number two is this. Uh, during Jesus' trial, this is what Jesus said. He said, God, uh, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. A thousand years before Christ was born, God promised to raise a king, a Messiah, who would rule forever, who would not be abandoned to the grave, whose body would not see decay. Jesus' resurrection proves that he is that king. His body was not abandoned to the grave. It, was, it will not see decay. Only a king who conquers death can reign forever. And Jesus' resurrection proves he is that king. After Jesus is raised from the dead, we read in Acts chapter 1 that as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. Jesus ascends to the right hand of God just as he said he would, which means he's placed in the ultimate position of power and authority, enthroned over every power and every authority, both physical and spiritual. He is Lord over all. He is king over every nation. There's nothing and there's no one who is excluded from his rule. He is king over me and he is king over you. And one day he will return to judge. Jesus is the risen king, he is the reigning king, and one day he will be the returning king who will judge. That's a big implication of his resurrection. After Jesus rose, the Apostle Paul, he spoke to a big crowd, and this is what he said, God commands all people everywhere to repent, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. The most important person in the world for you to listen to, for you to give your allegiance to, is not the President of the United States. It's not Chairman Xi Jinping of China. It is not the richest men in the world, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. It, it is not social media influencers. 
The most important person to give your allegiance to, to listen to, is the one who has raised from the dead, who will judge the living and the dead, including you and me, and his name is Jesus. Now the crowd heard about the resurrection and there were a number of different responses. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. The responses on hearing about the resurrection ranged, as they often do, from cynicism to curiosity to conversion. What is your response? Is it cynicism? Is it curiosity? Is it conversion? There's coming a day when every one of us will come before God. We will eyeball God. We will have to give an account of our lives to Him. And some will go to everlasting life and some will go to everlasting separation from God. And Jesus' resurrection demonstrates that He is the one who will be our judge on resurrection day. And if Jesus is king over all, and if he is judge over all, then the proper response is to return to the king, to live for the king, and to stop living against the king. What is your response to the resurrection of Christ? Is it cynicism? A cynic won't believe a truth claim unless... Even if there is sufficient evidence for it, they just dismiss it. Even if, there is, if, the, even if the evidence is there, is that you? Are you dismissing the evidence even though it's there? Perhaps this, this evening, for the first time, the Lord has spoken to you. You, can, you know that Jesus is the King. You know that you need to give your life to Christ. Tonight is a great time to do that. The king offers forgiveness to sinners like you and me. He invites us into his kingdom and he offers forgiveness. And if that is you here tonight, you want to follow the king, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. I might get everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. And if you would like to give your life to the king and reign and live with him forever you might want to pray along with me we're going to speak to the Lord and tell him dear God I want to live for you as my king I'm sorry that I have lived against you thank you for your forgiveness I choose to live for you from this day on if you've prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear about it. We'd love to help you in the next stage of your journey. Please come and tell me, Pastor Chin, one of the leaders. Third, thirdly, you may just be curious. You may think, well, look, I think there's something to this. I, I don't, I'm not sure I'm ready to put my trust in it right now, but I'd like to know more. Well, we, we would love to help you in that. Uh, we have a number of courses, couple, two courses coming up after Easter. Uh, one on a Sunday lunchtime, beginning on the 30th of April, over lunch. And the other on a Tuesday night, starting on the 2nd of May, over dinner. These are courses. There's a, also a, post, a postcard which should be in arm's reach. We'd love you to take that. This is an opportunity for you to come and be established in the faith. Come and have your questions answered. And we'd love to see you there. You can... Uh, RSVP to the email address that is on that card. What is your response? Is it cynicism? Is it curiosity? Is it conversion? Jesus is the risen and reigning King.
just like what we've heard. And God's offer of salvation and redemption through Him is for all of us, of all ages, all nationalities and backgrounds. So let's worship Him together. Please stand with us for our closing songs. We have our youth and kids choir join us as well.
continue worshiping Him today.
Thank you for joining us this evening. I hope uh, you were able to celebrate, were able to be blessed by rehearing the news of the resurrection. Or if this is uh, one of the first times you've heard about it, we do encourage you. I do encourage you to think about the course. It should have an invitation nearby. We'd love to see you again. Uh, please join us for some refreshments out in the foyer. We have some hot cross buns if you would like some. Otherwise, let me finish with a blessing. Father, we thank you that in Christ, the full story is not birth, life, death, but it's birth, life, death, life. And I pray that each person here this evening will experience that life, that life that will not end that the length of their living would not be diminished by their dying. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.